So, I, I know last week I said, like, I was frustrated as I've ever been about the Packers. I'm now to the point, like, to almost, like, almost to the point of apathy. Where it's just like, they exist, but that's about all. Yeah, and who would have thought that that would ever have happened when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback? And that's, man, like, I've had some time to digest what happened on Sunday night. And people want to be like, oh, well, the second half was so good. And we'll get into the game. But, like, when you look at the league as a whole right now, the Green Bay Packers are nowhere near a top-level talent. And, like, I can root for bad teams. I mean, I'm a White Sox fan. We've made the playoffs, like, four times in my life. Like, 2000, 2005, 2008, then 2020. So, five times in my life, I want to say. There might have been a time when I was, like, three. So, like, I'm used to rooting for bad teams. Like, that doesn't bother me. I'm a Kentucky football fan. I mean, like, that's the definition of bad. Hi, I am Christian Lemke. I'm a Bears fan, a Cubs fan, a Purdue Boilermakers basketball fan. Right, okay. And um, I, I get that. But see, like, the difference is, again, you have a team that... And I think maybe it's just the attitude of the players on the team. Like, there seems to be no sense of urgency whatsoever. And I think the trade trade deadline... Proves it. Yeah, good place to start our show. Welcome, week nine, LR Weekly. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, living on. Okay, um, <laughs> which is a bummer though. I just don't want it to be halfway over. No, but I think like this year is setting up though. This second half of the season, there's so many storylines. There's so many questions left unanswered yeah. but i think the biggest storyline like you said new faces in new places um i mean i think and i we're going to get into the bears right moves in our rivalry round table um but i think like one place the dolphins are making moves man yes um getting bradley chubb from denver and then you also got jeff wilson jr from San Francisco. And San Francisco, like, that's a win-win for everyone because San Francisco needed to offload a running back because of CMC coming in. Right. Dolphins needed, I mean, they're 28th in the league in rushing. They need something. So here comes Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, reunited with Raheem Mostert from San Francisco as well. So you kind of have the one-two punch from San Francisco last season, now in Miami. Um I mean, really, if you look at these deals, I mean, getting Bradley Chubb, though, I think to bolster that defense is huge for Miami. Um, I think I think he helps your pass rush, obviously. Um, helps the run g- stop, run game stopper as well. That's just what he is. It's just what he does. I don't think Jeff Wilson Jr. really makes a huge impact. I think it provides some depth, that running back that Miami desperately needed. Um, Raheem Mostert, I think, is your one. 
I think that's pretty well said and done. But Jeff Wilson Jr. can take some carries away from Raheem. Uh, so, again, good trade from both sides. 49ers get a pick for him. So And, again, the Dolphins are not going to win the AFC East. Like, they're, they're just not. Right. The Bills are going to win that division. Yeah. However, <laughs> there's three wild cards now. And, and the Dolphins with these moves, I mean, essentially what they're saying is, hey, we think we're a playoff team right now. Right. We think that we can compete right now. And again, what a statement that I don't think I ever thought we would make, you know, this year about the Dolphins. Um, I think one that, you know, we talked about before we started recording, the Lions and Vikings very, very rarely... Does in-division rivals trade with each other during the season? And this isn't this isn't a minor move here. Like, Hawkinson is, like, you look at who Kirk Cousins has to throw to now. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and Dalvin Cook. Like, the Vikings are essentially saying... We're going. Right. We're all in on this And season. we're going. But, and here's the thing. How could you not? Like if you... I was talking about this at school. If you look at the Vikings' remaining schedule... Yeah. It's incredibly favorable for them to be 14-3. and three, At worst, probably 13-4. and four. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but like... I think the NFC North is wrapped up. Like, I think it's over. Yeah, I would agree with that. Hawkinson leads the league in yards per reception in tight ends this season. Um, which you would think immediately Travis Kelsey, right? He has four, almost four yards more than Travis Kelsey per reception this season. What blew me away about this trade as well is that not only did they just get Hawkinson, but they traded a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. And also got Hawkinson and a 2023 fourth round pick for him, with him, as well as a 2024 conditional fourth round pick, which I would assume it has to do with like how long he stays and if he if he produces and, but still like, well, and now here's the question too. So you take a guy in Hawkinson who was a Pro Bowler back in 2020, okay? So you look at a Pro Bowl tight end. He's good on the block. He's good running routes. Now if you're a defense playing the Vikings, well, who are you going to choose to focus on? Are you going to choose to focus on Dalvin Cook? Are you going to choose to focus on TJ Hawkinson? Are you going to choose to focus on Justin Jefferson? I, You know, it's one of those where, and they needed a tight end after Irv Smith went out right. with his ankle injury. So it's I mean it's a win-win for the Vikings here who are clearly making a statement that we believe we are one of the top two teams in the NFC. Yeah. Uh one of the most surprising and interesting trades of the deadline for me was the Calvin Ridley trade. Yeah. Uh a suspended receiver for this season for gambling on his team. Not only that, he gambled on his team once. To cover, to win, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who does he get traded to? The Jacksonville Jaguars. So Calvin Ridley cannot play this season. He is out all season due to gambling on his own team, 
which I still get a kick out of. Like, he, he's suspended for a whole season for gambling on his own team, not against his own team, not gambling while he's playing. How many playing. times, Christian? One time. One time he gambled on his own team. And we have Deshaun Watson, who is scheduled to come back December 4th, and he has like 29 accounts of sexual assault. Please, somebody explain it to me. Well, it's it's the NFL. I mean, it's the same you know, NFL that you know suspended Mike Vick for however long for dogfighting, but then people who you know beat their wives and girlfriends come back. Ray Rice, right? With what six game suspension? Right, like uh, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots cheat their way to a Super Bowl, four games. Calvin Ridley makes one bet. Which here's another thing. So I get a kick out of this. My mom always like. Sends me messages. Which, hey Beth. Yeah. Hi mom. Uh, always gives me like sends me texts on Sunday like oh another sports gambling commercial oh another sports gambling commercial like she she's like blown away that this is a thing. So here's the thing: if it's all over the place, like a guy that's sitting at home, yeah, you know, well, maybe I'll put one risk free bet on my team. Well, and the thing is, so like. And obviously you wouldn't know this because you still won't go to a Sox game with me. Um, <laughs> they're sponsored by FanDuel. And then in the outfield over their scoreboard, there's a huge Caesar Sportsbook, like massive outfield length sign. Like it's it's time we get over this idea of we suspend someone a full season for putting a bet on his own team. Now, if he was betting against his team and he had like you know Correct. a play in it, okay, like if get he it. took the under Calvin Ridley seventy-five yards receiving, he's at seventy-three and he drops yes. the first down pass. Okay, right. But if he simply he's on the bench and he thinks that his team is going to cover, I I don't really think that especially cover the Jaguars. I mean. So, moving back to the trade deadline, though, I mean, Naheem Hines going to Buffalo now. I yeah. mean, the, the rich, I from my standpoint here, the rich got richer yeah. on I, this trade deadline. And you saw the contenders make moves. And you really saw the teams who don't consider themselves to be contenders either stay put with what they had or sold so, at the deadline. Yeah. Unless you're the Bears. And the Bears are the interesting dichotomy with that. And we'll get to them. Yeah. Um. But one of those teams who was quiet was the Tampa Bay Bucks. I just, Josh, I think they're done. I think they're done. I just don't see a way that Tampa, it just, what a weird year for Tampa Bay. So Thursday night, you play at home against Baltimore. And a a game that should have been won by Tampa Bay couldn't hold on to it. You know, Tom Brady had a great game, 325 yards, Evans 123 yards receiving. I just don't see a balance of offense and defense in Tampa Bay like we have in the years that they went to the Super Bowl, where they went to the NFC Championship game. You're just not seeing that same Tampa Bay explosiveness on offense and run stopping, making turnovers on defense. You're not seeing that this year. 
And I think it's because you have a lot of older guys on that team. Yeah. Tom Brady being one of them. And I just don't see Tampa Bay competing for a crown this year. Well, I don't see them. There's a chance they might not even win that division, Josh. Yeah, and I think so. Like you, you look at this. I mean, right now they're in second place in the division. So now you got the Rams in a late afternoon window game on Sunday. That's tough. That is literally the two teams that like talk about two teams desperate for a win and desperate for like finding their identity. I mean, that's essentially a playoff game, right? It's like you lose this game. You're in trouble. Um, and then, then they got to turn around and they got to go to Munich, Germany the next week. And then you come back on a bye week. And then you got the Browns. And it, like, I just. Now, if I'm the Bucks, I'm looking here and I, I mean, I have my whole season in front of me. Because as of right now, they do not play a single team after the Seahawks in Germany for the rest of the year who's currently above 500. They play a couple who are at 500, but they do not play a team who is above 500 after their trip to Germany the rest of the year. Yeah, and I, it's to me just surprising that the Bucks didn't try to add a defensive presence at the trade deadline. I feel like that was a need of theirs. I feel like they're beat up on the defensive side of the ball as well. That doesn't help. Um, but, yeah, you're just waiting. Because, like, last year with the Rams, you know, when they went out and got OBJ, that really changed their trajectory for the season. When they got Von Miller, really changed the trajectory for their defense. And you just didn't see those moves by the teams that you would think would be competing for a championship. Speaking of teams who people thought would at least compete was the uh, the Broncos. And in, the Broncos, they're such an interesting team. Yeah, they are. Um, now, can we really, like, l- look too much into this game? And see, that that's, that's my question. Yeah, and so when... You know, waking up, I I just still think waking up on Sunday mornings is a fantastic thing when you can wake up at 8 o'clock and have football on that early in the morning. Fantastic. When it's Denver and Jacksonville, you might hit the snooze button one, two, three times. But it's still football. It's still football. Um, But Russell Wilson, it it was funny that during the broadcast... They were talking a lot about how simplified that they've made this offense in Denver. And how it's... I believe Dan Orlovsky or maybe it was Lewis Riddick referred to it as a high school-ish offense. Not being disrespectful to Denver. But just saying that the way that it was run is almost like a high school football team. Simple concepts. Simple routes. But clearly on Sunday it was successful. Russell Wilson threw for 252 yards and they won the football game. But I, I still don't believe in this Denver football team. No, and that's one thing. Like, Okay, so Russ went for 250 and a ton against the Jaguars. Right. Let's see what you do here against the Titans. 
Like I, I want to see what you do against the Titans because that that Titans defense, you got Pinamir's back and just go after right them. exactly. Um, but I mean, it, it was nice to see. Ru- I mean, because again, like I'm not a huge like all Russell Wilson guy, but he's a guy. He works hard. He plays the game the right way. It's good to see him have a little success, right? Because there was so much put on. Him being unhappy in Denver, or him being unhappy in Seattle, then getting to Den- and all of that. It's nice to see Russ have a little bit of success. However, you have to pump the brakes and realize that ultimately this was a game in London against the Jaguars. You got to be able to put games together. Um, are the Falcons? Like real, like this game. Number one was stupid. Like it was insane. It was, it was stupid. I was over at mom and dad's. Can someone like? And, and I need this because there there were several plays. One was the Commanders Colts, and then also this game here. You're up by four points or more. Why is anyone getting behind you? Right, defensively. It makes no no sense sense to me. And then, in the instance of Carolina-Atlanta, you get behind someone, you score the touchdown, and you take your helmet off. Now, there is some controversy on, because he was off the field of play and removed his helmet, technically by the letter of the law... Because he was not on the field of play and did not re-enter the field of play, went out and around, technically that should be allowed. But it should have been a penalty. Like, I agree. Like when you take your helmet off, that's taunting. It's dumb enough. Like it's dumb. Keep your helmet on, act like you which again was a great throw. Great catch. Yeah. And then which it was hilarious. Eddie Pinero was the guy that missed the extra point and then hit the missed the game winning field goal. In overtime. That, that game winning field goal wasn't even close. No, he like, shanked it. That that was just a shank. And and, and the, the shame is okay, like the storyline from this from a Carolina standpoint should have been PJ Walker and DJ Moore getting on the, I mean, DJ Moore, six receptions, 152 yards and touch. That's an unbelievable game, but none of that's going to matter because you rip your helmet off. And legit cost your team the game. Right. Like, it, there's no two and people will make... That's a 50-plus yard field goal now that Pinero's having to hit. That That's never considered a gimme. Right. In the NFL. And so, you look... Hey, we got the first place Atlanta Falcons here, folks. Right. And if this is a situation that if we said this at the beginning of the year, yeah, we think the Falcons... Can win this division. Everyone would have said, yeah, okay. So in this division, okay, 500 is in first place. Not a single team has a positive plus minus over the course of the year. The team with the worst defense in the division is in first place. Right. It's just part of it. Again, this NFL season makes... No sense. I think we say this every year. I think we're like, yeah, this doesn't really right. Make okay, sense. but still, all right. Last year though, like in the playoffs, you had at least from the NFC side. Okay, you had the Rams, you had the Packers, and you had the Bucks. Right. 
the AFC. I think the AFC makes a little more sense because I think at the beginning of the year we all said it's the Chiefs and it's the Bills and then everybody else. Maybe the Bengals are going to stay. But so the AFC makes a little more sense. The NFC just does not make sense at all. Like why a Marcus Mariota-led team is now outperforming a Tom Brady-led team makes no sense whatsoever. But what a football. I mean, I what I, a football game. Yeah, and then uh, another thing to add with the Falcons, who we, I would kind of put in that same conversation, Seattle Seahawks, who we said were going to finish dead last in this division. Yep. Now all of a sudden leading the NFC West at 5-3. and three. Okay, I guess. And what? one of the best offenses in all of football. I mean, the only team who scored more points than the Seattle Seahawks this year is the Kansas City Chiefs. The only one. That's insane. I you look and okay, like and again, here's what it comes down to. I don't care how you win, just win. Right. Now you're five and three, you're leading that division, anything can happen. And you look, I mean, their losses this year. I think the Falcons loss will haunt them a little bit. But again, you look at that. Now the Falcons are a first place team. So their losses were to the Falcons. The Indivision Niners might hurt. The the nine, but again, the Niners are a good football team. Yep. And then on the road in New Orleans, which is always tough for anyone yep. to go to. So like they're beating good. I mean, they they dominated the Giants on Sunday. Yeah, I would agree. Dominated the Giants and staying in that NFC West. Um, Matthew Stafford, L.A. Rams. It's no longer early, folks. Like that. That's the thing that everyone said. Uh, right? It's early. And right? They yeah. said it's early. They'll get that. We're halfway through the year as of right now. Like, after Sunday, you're going to be halfway through. And this Rams team, boy, are they struggling. Like, you look, they're not even scoring at the pace we're used to. Right. They've scored more than 30 one time. One time. Right, and you're looking at so the in the last three out of four weeks, they've scored nine, ten, fourteen. The one win that they had in that four game stretch where they're th- one and three was against the Panthers, and they scored twenty four points against a bad Panthers defense. And it doesn't make sense. Like, like that's the thing about this. Like, you look at this team. The talent is there. Right. It's just something's not clicking. clicking. Yeah. And it's almost like you look at this team and on paper, they're a juggernaut, right? Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup on the defensive side of the ball, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, um, Leonard Floyd. I just said that because he's a former Bear. But like a good defense, a good offense. And it's just not clicking. Josh, I'm going to tell you something. I think I was right about the 49ers. Well, and I think when you look at the Rams, they're so one-dimensional. I mean, they do not have a single running back who's rushed for 200 yards for the whole year. Year right, and I think Cam that Cam Akers situation is getting. I thought for certain he was getting dealt at the deadline. 
two names I thought for certain was that were going to get de- dealt was Cam Akers and Jerry Judy, and neither one of them got dealt, which was mind blowing to me. Guys that are in need of a change that would help their their career, and I think the Rams could have got something for Cam Akers. I think someone like the Buffalo Bills, but they ended up staying put with Devin Singletary and just adding that like backup and running back, Naheem Hines. Yeah, the yeah. Naheem Hines instead. Um, I was waiting for Cam Akers to get dealt. He did not. He never did. And I, I just don't see the Rams getting it going this year. Well, you look at this, okay? So Derrick Henry had a great game on Sunday. Derrick Henry's yardage output off of that one game would make him the Rams' leading rusher for the entire year. Yeah, and I just don't think you can win football games. You can't games win like, football games that way anymore. No, no. Like, unless you're... But again, even like the quarterbacks who you do see, I you have to have a dual threat. You have to have multiple weapons. Right. And the Rams simply don't. Um How how did Crystal handle Sunday? Oh what was she frustrated? She was she was happy with the the play of the quarterback. Okay. She was there her and so um, our other neighbor, 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 neighbor Derek is a Colts fan, and both of them were very pleased with the production at the quarterback position, rather than having the sitting duck of you know Matt Ryan back there. Um, I just, I kind of sit back and wonder if Sam Ellinger is the answer at quarterback for the Colts, if. But I think for this season, they're going to find out. They're just going to roll with him. I think Matt Ryan, it's it's crazy the amount of times that the Colts have paid a quarterback and it not worked out. Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, all failed experiments. Where does that stem from, Josh? Andrew Luck quitting. Okay, that. No offensive line. That no weapons. To me, it's no all coaching. Upper management. No front. Off- I mean, the, the front the, office. Jim Ursay's got to go. I, this this fran this once proud franchise. I mean, those early two thousands Colts Patriots playoff games. Like how this, and it's a shame they have one of the best stadiums in the NFL. Right. And they just. And the interesting thing is, okay, you want to say front off, but everything that I mentioned, you had Andrew Luck who quit. And ever since then, it's just been free fall spiraling. There's nothing there. Right. No, I agree. And I just, I don't know. I mean, all right. The Commanders are a pretty good football team. Mm-hmm. The defense, the Commanders defense is out of this world. And I think if you look to, okay, if it wasn't for a complete lapse at the end of the game, the Colts win the football game. But I think what we might see now, what we're seeing now, is that the AFC South division might be over. The Titans, after starting 0-2... Have won five in a row. You have the Titans. The Titans are doing 
I think a little bit of what everyone else kind of expected, like the Bucks, the Rams, and the Packers to do. They're gonna figure it out, and then they're just gonna win football games. Right. And you look at two of the Titans' wins are against the Colts. Yeah. So they hold the tiebreaker against the Colts, which that absolutely kills Indianapolis at any shot at this division. Well, and you look at the Titans' two losses: the Giants. By one, and the Bills. By a billion. Right. <laughs> Lots of teams lose to the Bills. So, like, I mean, I just look at, I think the AFC South, over. Yeah, I would I would agree that this division is now trending towards a Tennessee Titans victory. And it's sad because, like, we thought at the beginning, and it's not sad for Cindy. Like, Cindy's just like, hey, keep it going. Right. But... We all thought that, hey, Matt Ryan and Indy combined him with Jonathan Taylor, Michael right. Pittman, like they're, and it just has not worked. Speaking of something else <laughs> that just doesn't work. Does this make you feel kind of good a little bit? Just a little bit? Here's what it does. It drives home the point to me that Devontae's nothing without Aaron. I don't want to say nothing because he has had several hundred yard games, okay? So he's still the leading receiver on the right. He still has 512 yards. So he's still on pace for a thousand yard season. But here's what it drives home, folks. And, And this is in any walk of life that you are in. Whatever your profession is. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Absolutely. It may appear that way. It may appear by all the bright bells and whistles that, oh, this is going to be so much better. Appreciate the positives of where you are at. Because this Raiders offense... They were a joke. Hey, I was loving it, though. Because I started the New Orleans Saints defense in fantasy this week. Oh, that's that's it a, was fantastic. Yeah. Um. Boy, like they just looked. Um, I started Derek. Uh, yeah, Derek Carr in one of my fantasy leagues. He got me one point nine points yeah. as a quarterback. I was I immediately dropped him the next week. Yeah. So you look. So Devonte had been limited. With his praxis, one catch for three yards. Yeah, so definitely something's bothering Something him. is up with Tay. Um, but, but I, hey, you know what? I don't know, and we'll, again, we'll get into the Packers. I don't know if Devontae fixes the Packers because there's lot there's lots of issues. Yeah, with but the I Packers. think it, it, it would, would help. It would solve the offensive problem, some of the offensive problems. I don't know if it helps the defensive problems because I think that is just coaches being inept and stupid. So I with the, let's just go rivalry roundtable. Like why not? Yep. Okay. Um, I think the first thing we have to do is the bear strings. Yeah. Like, I know, like technic- chronologically, the game came first, but fresh on everyone's mind right now are the trades. Um, I'm as is our tradition. We'll go first for each other's teams. Yeah. Um. Y'all got yourself a GM. Like, you have a GM now. I think the biggest problem with 
the previous regime was that they never fully said, we're just going to stink. Like, we're going to be bad for a year. We're going to trade away these pieces and squarely look to the future. It, it was almost I very similarly to what like the White Sox have done. Is that we're going to try to piece some stuff together to sell the season tickets, to keep the fans interested, and we're going to live at mediocrity and we're just going to be fine with mediocrity. What Poles has done is he said, listen, we're going to trade away all of these favorite pieces that, I mean, Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Like, that was, if you go to a Bears game on any given Sunday... I would say probably two out of the top five jerseys you you were going to see were Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Trade it. Get pieces back for the future. This also signals to me they got their quarterback. They're going to build around that quarterback. And there seems like this was a message to the fans like, hey, yeah, we've won a couple of games. One that we nowhere probably should have won. But let's recenter here. This is two, three-year process, not a snap your finger and it's fixed. But that's what a GM needs to do. Counteract that with what the Packers GM does, which is nothing. Say, oh, well, we have Aaron Rodgers. Be happy. The Bears GM said, we have Justin Fields. We're not happy. We're going to build through the draft. We're going to develop, which then is also a confidence boost for your coaching staff. Right. That says, hey, we want you guys to be a part of this. Give us all these draft picks. Let's build as an organization. Right. That was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, the defense is going to struggle the rest of the year. Yes. You, you take away the heart and soul of that defense. You're going to have more games like what you saw on Sunday with teams scoring a lot of points. But again, what you're going to look for is younger player development here. And the only way you're going to develop, I mean, essentially you're giving them half an NFL season to develop, to analyze, look where they're at. I mean, if you're if you want to hold my feet to the fire, obviously you're contending teams. I think the Vikings did really well at the deadline. I think the Niners, even the week before getting CMC... Won the deadline. Won the deadline. The Bills, I think, got a lot better at the deadline. If you're going to ask me teams who aren't going to contend for a Super Bowl this year, like which one of those set themselves up best for the future, far away the answer is the Chicago Bears. I mean, this has to be the first time in a long time at a deadline you're like, wow, what just happened? Why am I so happy? Right. I, the game's going to be what it's going to be. But the idea that on top of those draft picks, you get what I consider a first-round talent in Chase Claypool. Okay. Like, I mean, Justin Fields, Chase Claypool, David Montgomery, there's where you build around. Personally, I would have liked to see them trade Khalil Herbert for a possible a couple more draft picks. Uh, I, I think you... But, I think Khalil Herbert's going to stay. I don't think... I think it's... They probably should have dealt Montgomery. Yeah, I think you deal Montgomery. But if now that you didn't deal Montgomery, you know what you need to do? Sign him. Yep. 
You have both of them. Pay the man. Like, you have the cap space. Right. You have a whole lot of it. Right. And I don't think he's someone that you need to give a lot of money to. No. Because right now, Herbert is averaging more yards a carry than David Montgomery is. Herbert is, in all essentially, the number one running back in Chicago right now. Mm -hmm. But... Here's the the thing that no one else is talking about. The whole season, Darnell Mooney's our number one wide receiver. When did Darnell Mooney do his best? When the Bears had Allen Robinson. When he was the two. When he was the two. Now you add Chase Claypool. You get Byron Pringle back. Now, I'm not sitting here trying to tell Bears fans, oh, this now we're going to be a contender this year. We're not. We're not. But... What it's going to help us do is help develop Justin Fields, get his confidence up, get himself acclimated to the offense so that next year we're off and running. It is pedal to the metal, full speed ahead, no need for changes, no need to reevaluate in the middle of the season on how you're running the offense. To me, it is put your foot on the gas, let's ride. It's so. The vibe now, so even after, so look, all right, the semi-bye week that they had after that Thursday night game where they brought everyone in, the next two games they've scored 30 points each game. When was the last time the Bears scored 30 points back-to-back? Right. Against a Patriots defense and a Cowboys defense. Granted, they gave up 50. That, again, that's just going to be how things roll the rest of the year for them. But the Bears' offense is going to get there. And it's only going to get better the next couple of years. And what I said is, when is ever have we sat here and said that the Bears' offense is better than the Bears' defense? Never. It's just the opposite in Green Bay. Originally, at the beginning of the year, we were saying how much better the defense was than the offense. And they're both terrible. But But, um, I'm going to sit here and say that... I'm disappointed that we traded Roquan. However, I think there was a very good chance we were not going to sign him again. So this is kind of like the Cubs way where they dealt Rizzo, Bryant, Baez because they're like, we can't, we're not going to resign you guys. You're going to ask for crazy money. Roquan is, who knows if he's going to stay in in Baltimore. He might not. I said, there's still a, a world where the Bears could put in an offer and get him. Probably not going to happen. But he could come back. But he could come back. You never know. Yep. Um, but, man, just the excitement of a guy saying, we need to get some stuff, but we also need to get our, our Lamborghini a nice house to park inside. Yep. And going and getting Chase Claypool... And I'm not sure if you read the tweet that the Packers were in on Claypool as well. Yeah, and there's several different things going on. Like, oh, well, the Steelers thought that the Bears' second-round pick would be better than the Packers' second. Whatever. I mean, end of the day, it's the Packers' front office is inept. Yeah, I'm... Bears make moves. I'm going to tell you right now that I'm more excited about this football team than I have in a long, long time. And you should be. And I, I'm i excited about Justin Fields. He's he's He had his best game the last two weeks as a quarterback in Chicago. He The design runs for the, the quarterback, 
The running game is phenomenal with a really crappy offensive line. That's what's exciting. If the run game is this good now, if we can add some offensive line talent, this team's only going to get better. And for the first time in in forever, that's the first time I've gotten to say that. And I I am thrilled about it. Ryan pulls one. The trade deadline to me, um, we got ourselves a GM, we got ourselves a quarterback, we got ourselves something that's working, and it's an exciting thing to see in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I the Bears are trending finally in the right direction. Yeah, and I mean, I think it took rock bottom. For where they had to hit, um, but I think that they're on a rapid upward trajectory, um, which has to be just a great feeling, absolutely. For and, Bears fans. and I think that, um, the way that the quarterback, I we got the best quarterback in that draft, period. Justin Fields is better than anyone in that draft class. I don't care what anyone says, he's dual threat. He is might be one of the fastest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yes, he. I'm telling you guys, he's going to be Mike Vick. I, you're already starting to see it, where they have to keep a spying on him. I mean, he's going to be there. You put a couple weapons around him, and it's just going to be, I. It's going to be run and gun. And then if you put him in a new stadium, and that brother, like we could be talking about a powerhouse in Chicago. You keep Justin, you keep them happy for the next decade. I hope. And that's just got to be a great feeling. It is. A, it's, a, it's a great feeling. I'm going first, I would assume. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, um, I'm one of the people that said that I was very pleased with the second half on Sunday night, first off. Um if you're the Packers and you hold Buffalo to 27 points on Sunday night football in Buffalo, you got to be happy with it. Um, the offense just looks inept. They just, I feel like Rodgers doesn't look confident as he usually is. And I think it's because of the people he's throwing the ball to. Um, but at the end of the day, man, the Packers got a good run game. That was the first time all season that you sat back and you watched that fo- the Packers play, and it was run. It was honestly like watching the Bears, like run, run, run. Oh, even we're down, we're going to control the ball, we're going to control the clock. If you're not going to stop it, we're just going to keep running. And it might not be entertaining football to watch, but if that's how you can keep it close and give yourself a chance to win the football game, do it. Um... They look pretty good. Defense, again, looked a lot better in the second half. Um, I just don't think Rodgers cares anymore. I just don't. I just... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see it. I I think there's an op- a chance that... I mean, could he retire midseason? Could the Packers bench him for love? Like... Do they do the Packers have the gonads to do that? No, probably not. But um, 
the so that's the game. They lost to the Bills. You expect expect them to lose to the Bills. But at the end of the day, the fact that you don't try they might have tried to get Claypool. That might be true. But that you are like, okay, we didn't get Claypool. Uh, we better go get somebody. We need help on offense. We need we need a wide receiver. If Lazard's going to be hurt, if Cobb's, Cobb's going to be hurt, we, Watkins is going to be hurt. We need somebody reliable to throw the ball to. To me, I was waiting for Brandon Cooks to Green Bay. I was waiting for it. Elkin Jenkins is going to be hurt. I just, to me, I have never been sold on the Packers front office from draft day to how they handle the season. I just, I just don't see it. I don't see a front office that's aggressive that is like, we're going to go out and get Rodgers someone to make us compete because they could be compatible. They could. And they're choosing not to when you're only giving, you know, there's only a little window here. The, we even talked about the window possibly being closed. So now, all of a sudden, what do you what do you got? You didn't sell. You didn't buy. You just stayed put. And to me, that says a lot about the state of your football team. Someone that's just content with, I think it's just what you said. Hey, guys, guess what, though? Everyone forgot we still have Aaron Rodgers. We're, we'll be on 325 Sunday Night Football because we have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but you're not going to win. You're not going to make the playoffs. No. This is a team now that, to me, is in the position that we never thought we were going to talk about the Packers. As long as Aaron Rodgers was your quarterback, it was playoffs or bust. Right? Get to the playoffs. You were going to be in the playoffs. But I sat here at the beginning of the year and I told you that the Minnesota Vikings were a far and better football team than the Green Bay Packers, the Chicago Bears, and definitely the Detroit Lions. So, I don't know. I just, to me, if I'm a Packers fan, I'm kind of rooting for a new GM more than I am anything else. I'm rooting for someone that's going to go all in. I'm ready to tear it down. I think that's what you need to do. I, if and But here's the problem. They know if they tear it down, Rodgers is gone. He's going to retire or he's going to be saying, I want to be traded. Because he's not going to want to sit through a rebuild. He's too old. So, I, tough situation for Packers fans. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't enjoy it. Because I do. Because it's literally the state of my football team every other year it's it's the wicked witch it you know i that, that's what it is and yeah so that's that's my perspective on the packers go ahead it's it's so incredibly frustrating i mean like we have two I, I don't want to say top 15 running backs in the football, but like you take almost any other football team and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon would be the starter on them. And it takes us eight and a half games to run the ball. 
You have Jair Alexander, who you say is your number one corner, and then we don't put him on number one wide receivers. You say, oh, well, and it's so funny to me because it was like, you know, this year for baseball, it's like, oh, well, the White Sox way is, you know, just stay healthy. And then you don't. Like, if you're counting on your team to stay healthy and you have no depth, guess what? Your team's not going to stay healthy because that's how it works. And so, like, you look at this and part of me is like, okay, well, they haven't played a single game at full strength the whole year. Fine. But the problem is, is there's too many problems. Just the, the problem is there's too many problems right now. You can't throw the ball. You seemingly refuse to run the ball. Your defense, and why did the defense play so much better in the second half? Because they weren't on the field so much. They could actually breathe a little bit. And I I don't know, like, I, I just, I honestly don't think any of them care. Like, that, that's the thing. Everyone looks incredibly disinterested. And, and the hard fact for all of us as Packer fans, like, I think it's about time for us just to go ahead and say, all right, season's over. Call it now. I mean, I, you and I, I mean, I texted and have been texting you, mm-hmm. like, trade everyone. Tear this thing down. It's not going anywhere. Sure, you should beat the Lions on Sunday. If the Packers lose to the Lions, I don't know what I'll do. Then you got to play the Cowboys. Loss. Titans. Loss. Eagles. Loss. Bears. At this point, probably a loss. Rams. Loss. Dolphins, loss. Vikings, loss. Lions, hopefully a win. There is a very, very real possibility that the Packers end the year 5-12. I think they finish with eight wins. Okay, but like, then here's my question. Okay, so like, where do those eight wins come from? Because we're not beating the... So to get to eight wins, we have to win five. Lions twice. Okay. But then where else? We can't win in Miami. Miami and Jacksonville, we can't win there. So who else? Are we going to beat the Titans? Possibly. We can't stop the run. You never know. And then Derrick Henry. There's a good chance you'll beat the Bears. Okay, so I'll say there's maybe three... Where like that's the problem, man. Is like this schedule is hard. Yeah. And it's just you're playing a hard schedule now again, and there's just there's nothing there. And then Rogers' whole thing today on oh well, uh, guess we got to go win with what we got. Shut up. Like honestly, like just don't talk into a microphone anymore. I'm so tired of listening to him talk. Like, he just... You didn't want to turn on the Pat McAfee show? No. And listen no. To he him. shaved his stupid beard, at least. But, like, I just... I'm done with Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's time 
like what and what Packer fans need to understand is rebuilds are painful for a year or two. They are. But you drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Let's see what he's got. Why not? But it's just that there's no nothing good is going to come out of this year for the Packers. And if by some weird alternative universe the Packers end up turning this thing around and making a deep run in the playoffs, I will be the first one to admit that I was completely dead wrong. But I just have no hope for the Green Bay Packers anymore. I mean, it's just, it's not there. There is a very real chance, and I'm going to tell you right now, that the Green Bay Packers get beat in Detroit on Sunday. Right now, I'm telling you, the Green Bay Packers very, very well could get beat on Sunday in Detroit. Would not surprise me at all. Thoughts? No thoughts. It's just, it's... I, I and think, I know you sit here and you're like, I love this. I, and I, like, on some levels, like, I can't blame you. Okay? I really can't. It's just... I think like with the Bears, like when the Bears were bad, you didn't have this, the belief that you should be good. And it almost is like the Packers are operating on the, we're still the Green Bay Packers, we're going to figure, and it's just not working. Not working. And much like Shakira, our picks don't. Lie. Um. Hey, buddy. Yeah. How's that chair? I'm in the comfy chair. Uh, we tied last week. However, carryover. Yeah. Um, I am still sitting in the big comfy throne. Um, you. We just talked about how abysmal my fandom is right now. Um. So thankfully, this week I have someone here who shares in the misery. Of having to watch the dumpster fire that is the Green Bay Packers every week. Um, he is a long-suffering Packer fan, uh, and by long-suffering, I mean the last like fourteen games. Um, but you two are celebrating an anniversary today. Yes, we are. Um, and for the record, I want to say happy anniversary um, to my brother. I want to say I'm sorry. Um, again, like people got on me that World Series because I was openly rooting for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But again, like my brother is an Indians fan and he was an Indians fan through all of those heartbreaks in the 90s, the collapse in 07. Like, I mean, this poor little kid used to dress up in full uniform, complete with baseball pants, belt and cleats when we would go sit out in April watching the Sox and Indians play. So, like, that's where I was. But, you know, Cubs won the World Series. We'll move on. They haven't done anything since. Hey, you Um, know what? Moving on to our picks. (laughs) um, What? uh, John. It's John. Like, I almost just forgot. Like, I'm like, yeah, he's a fellow Packer fan. He's celebrating some stupid anniversary today. John Samadovich, welcome to the show. It's good to have you back. I'm back. I'm back. Great to be back, guys. Thanks for having me here. Um, So, how's Indy right now? Like, Naptown, obviously, like, Living up here in Chicago, like Indy's just like no one wants to. It's a horribly boring place. <laughs> I was there for a conference actually, the November before COVID, 
And then like President's Day, uh, it was actually the NBA All-Star Game. So the 2020 NBA All-Star Game, uh, it was in Chicago. Bro, there is nothing to do in that dumpster fire of a town. Like, it is horrible. Okay. I disagree. You, were you, <laughs> so were you downtown? I was downtown Indy. You need to go up to Northside. Fishers. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I don't have the salary to be able to walk down the street in Fishers. <laughs> like, I would roll through Fishers and they'd be like, hey, that guy doesn't make $3.7 a year. Get him out of here. Like, I, like, I'm not rich enough to walk through Fishers. You're, you would be just fine walking through Fishers. I care. <laughs> I could, do you think I make like $3.7 million? I don't know, but like if you live in Fishers, I mean, I don't. Anyway, no, that would be Carmel. That would be Carmel. Carmel is the elitist area down here. Fishers is not, definitely not on the scrubs. I will admit that, but it's Carmel is another stratosphere Listen, outside that. But I, really quick, though, I don't think there's a better town to host like the Big Ten basketball tournament that. I love it down in Indiana. Yeah, because when people actually show up from places that know how to have a good time, they can turn <laughs> into a good time. I mean, but when every everything's walking distance, everything is close right. downtown. Yes. So that's why, like with the Big Ten, you can have hotels close, you have Kilroy's, District Tap, bars, everything's really within walking so, distance versus go to uh, go to Los Angeles or something, another city where you don't have that availability. So Atlanta. when the NCAA tournament was held all on the 65 corridor right there, um, I went to a first round game and I went to an elite eight game. And it was interesting because the vibe in those stadiums was so sterile because at that point, the NCAA was still like, okay, you still have to wear masks. You like, they're only going to do like 10% of capacity, but then like you would go and you would walk around downtown and like all the bars and restaurants they were back at 100% capacity. No, like, and it was such a different vibe from like the bars and restaurants to inside the stadiums. It was like one of the very few times and probably never that an Elite Eight game, the atmosphere outside of the stadium prior to the Elite Eight was better than the environment inside because it was in Lucas Oil. So yeah. you had like what should have been 40,000 people was like, Three thousand people. Yep. It was, have, was it? Was it the whole court, or was it split off? Remember these so like that it was split in two. Yeah, because Purdue that played on for, one of the courts, and that's yeah. when they lost to North Texas. North Texas. Good memory of that one. So, anyway, a team who's not going to lose, uh, yep. at least this week, because Christian, it is time to. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Uh, this spread's not big enough. This spread is not big enough. Well, it's crept from nine and a half all the way to 14. This spread is not big enough. This should be a 20-point spread. Jalen's about to lay a hurt on the Texans. Give me the Eagles by a billion and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Philly as well by a billion. Um Best team, in, overall team in football right now in the NFC. Uh, can also compete with Buffalo as one of the best teams in football. I haven't lost yet, so I'm going with Philly. The Texans might not get a first down. <laughs> 
That is true. Uh, yeah, Eagles easily here. Um, I really like how they they play. I also have Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown my fantasy team, so I'm looking for another nice n- nice weekend hopefully. But but uh, yeah, Eagles cruise to victory. And uh, we were supposed to have a weekend together. My plans have changed, right. so I will not be watching that much football this weekend. Um, but Christian, it is now time to goal charges goal. Uh, cross-country road trip here. Sneaky game here, boys. Sneaky game here for the Chargers and the Dirty Birds. I think this could go one or two ways. I think you could see a rested, rejuvenated Chargers team. Um, or I could see a very lethargical Chargers team. Um, I think Atlanta is going to be what Atlanta is going to be. For my fantasy team's sake, I am hoping we get the go charges go version. Um, so I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm taking the Dirty Birds. I'm going with Atlanta on this one. Uh, I just I'm waiting for the Chargers to break out. I just don't see a way that they're going to. I just think Keenan Allen being banged up has hurt that offense. Um, Justin Herbert really hasn't gotten it going, but man, the Atlanta Falcons are just flying high right now. You know, got a big win in overtime, a lucky win per se in overtime against Carolina last week. I think they use that use that momentum and carry it into Sunday. Birds win at home. I'll agree with Christian. I have uh, Atlanta winning this as well. I feel that um, they're just flying high. I think there's might be getting Cordero Patterson back as well at running back. So that'll be add to their arsenal. Um, and the chargers are not great at stopping the run. So I think the Falcons could definitely exploit that as they run the ball. I think more than anybody else, maybe, maybe not as much as the bears, but close. Um, so yeah, I will take the Falcons here as well. I think this chargers Falcons game combined with this next game, um, just hammer the over hammer the over Miami, Coming to the lakefront, um, there might be 700 points scored in this football game. I mean, there really might. I mean, if the Bears' offense is half of what they were against that Dallas defense, they'll put up the same amount of points against Miami. Um, And I don't think that uh, the Bears' defense can stop much of anyone right now. However, Christian, yeah, for only the second time this year, Bear down, bears over the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm picking the Bears. Uh, I Shocker. Yeah, shocker. Uh, but I like the Bears in this one, especially if Chase Claypool gets a run. I think it really it, you know, electrifies that stadium, gets everybody fired up. The defense just literally has to be – just keep everything in front of you. Don't let Tyreek Hill run behind you. Don't let Jalen Waddle run behind you. Just force – Tua to stay in the pocket, which I I don't see Tua really scrambling ever since he went all, you know, concussion, that concussion that he had on Thursday night. He's kind of staying in the pocket more. Um, I think that helps the Bears, and I like the Bears to win this at home. So I will take the Dolphins, but I will admit the Bears looked really have looked really good. Fields has actually looked Confident. Um, so 
I think the run game for them is really good. I think they'll have success. Um, yeah, if you are betting, it's 45 and a half. Definitely take the over on that. Um, better times are ahead for the Bears, but they have no defense. You got rid of like Roquan and that other guy. Sorry, I don't remember who else you traded. Who else was that? Robert Quinn. Yeah, so you're down two guys. I just think that the Dolphins' offense is too much, and they won't be able to contain Tyreek, mm-hmm. Waddle, and then Mostert. So, yeah, Dolphins win, but better times ahead for the Bears. You just had to re- mention Mostert with the Purdue, right? That's a Purdue guy. You just got to throw that out. It, it, yes. <laughs> and Gusecki and now Jeff Wilson. And, yeah, like they are – they're quickly developing to a very fast team. The Dolphins, like, I would not – I'm going to play them in the playoffs if they're healthy. Um, also, just throwing it out there, the Philadelphia Phillies are currently getting no hit. Um, anyways, Carolina and Cincinnati. Um, Carolina, keep your helmets on. You're still not going to win the game, but let's keep our helmets on this week. Uh, there, DJ Moore, uh, give me Cincinnati. I mean, I think this is a game Cincinnati needs to win. It's at home. Who day? Who day? Give me the Bengals. Yeah, and I mean, the Bengals really – Laid a stinker on Monday night. Um, just offensively without Jamar Chase, uh, I don't know if you worry now without him what that offense is going to be. But I think against Carolina, I think Cincinnati's defense is good enough to help them win this football game. I think Joe Burrow bounces back. Uh, give me Cincinnati. Yeah, I'll take Cincinnati here as well. Um, I I think if you know that's different. On a spread, I think it would be – I wouldn't take the seven and a half for the Bengals, but I think they'll be enough to win. Uh, but, yeah, they missed Jamar Chase deeply. The Detroit Lions are going to beat the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Just they are. I mean, I again, until the Green Bay Packers prove to me that they can win a football game. I mean, again, our, two of our wins – we're by two points over the Bucks and a game we should have lost in regulation against the Patriots. We can't win football games. We don't know how to win football games. It's like we're playing in the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers. We don't know how to win. So give me the lines. I'm taking Green Bay. And they're probably your lock to cover this week, aren't they? <laughs> they might be. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay. no, um, I I do – I honestly, like, last week if I would have just, like, not been a jerk and picked Buffalo because I knew the Buffalo Bills were going to beat the Packers. You would be sitting I in would, a comfy I chair. I would get a comfy chair. But, but desperate times call for desperate measures. So, during the Packers losing streak, I picked them every week and they've lost. So, in that note, give me the Packers. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I'm going to take the Packers, um, but I will agree with you, Josh, that I don't know when the last time the Packers played a complete, a complete football game. They came actually pretty close last week because you know what they did? They ran the ball. It's that simple. Every time they run the ball to get Jones 15 carries plus, they are winning team. But for some reason, we want to play like we still have Devontae Adams on a team and not run the ball. And it's frustrating because even the wins we've had, Patriots should have lost that one. Bucks had no receivers. The Bears were still terrible. Those are our three wins. Outside of that, we got destroyed in every game pretty much. Um, you go back even to last season, the playoff game, the court, you know, the Niners game, they didn't show up on offense. And you keep going through. They almost lost to the Ravens with their 
backup quarterback. And the last game before that, when they played really well, I truly feel a full game was the Rams when they ran the ball with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And they played great defense. So I'll take the Packers, but they need to change it up. They need to run the ball. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers throws the ball five times. I don't care. They need to run the ball and just keep pounding it. They're three and six in their last yeah. nine. I mean, going back to the playoffs. Well, no. So if you go back and then even one further, they're three. Yeah. Like it's not in like, their last 13 games. Because we lost that last one to the. Did we lose the last one? Oh, uh, I don't. Because we already had the one seed. I thought we sat everyone and lost to the Lions and we gave Dean last year. Yeah, I, I think he did. And so, like, um, I'm trying to fact check you really quick. I know they didn't play well. Um, let's see. They barely beat the Browns. That was on Christmas. They barely beat the Ravens. So, yeah, they've, whatever it is, it's been a struggle. Yeah, no, they lost the line 30 to 37. So, you look at that. So, you lost week 18. So, you lost your last two last year. You combine that with where you're at this year, you're three and seven in your last 10 games. Like, they just, they don't know how to win. The Lions are going to beat them. And uh, (laughs) that's just how it is. Uh, Indy and the Patriots, um, this one, again, I think could get, uh, very interesting, um, but I do think that the Patriots are going to be a little bit too much. Um, they need to let Bailey Zappi cook, by the way. Like, get Mac Jones out of there. He's not your answer. Bailey Zappi is the answer for the Patriots. I know they're not going to. I know they, they have to ride with Mac Jones, but give me the Patriots on Sunday. Yeah, I want New England as well. Uh, just Indianapolis, I just don't think right now you got a, a very – Half healthy Jonathan Taylor. That ankle is still not a hundred percent. And Sam Ellinger is your quarterback. Yeah, and I just don't see them winning this football game, especially in New England. Um, only special teams can win in New England. Um, so for that reason, give me New England. Uh, yeah, New England, too much defense, and the Patriots only get up two touchdowns to running backs this season, So, and that's all the Colts can really do. Um, so, yeah, New England, easily. Really quick, before we move on to the next game, I got to ask John, because if we go back to the Packers, how he feels about what the Packers did, quote-unquote, did on the trade deadline. So, I was hoping that they would get Claypool. That's what I wanted. I wanted Claypool – I will like even Brandon Cooks. Um, it was frustrating, but I mean, the Packers don't draft people wide right receivers first round. That's been a thing for 20 some years. So I, I'm not surprised they didn't stretch and put like a first or a second pick for a receiver. It would not have made sense. Um, it is what it is. These are our guys, and I'm just going to roll with it. Like if they play smart, if they run the ball, like we, when they're playing those the cover those two shell top on the off the defense, they can run the ball like the Buffalo did, and they were moving the ball actually. And but then you have Aaron Rodgers who still says, "Oh, I want to throw it deep." Well, you don't have Devontae Adams anymore. Romeo Dobbs is nice, but he's not quite there yet. Um, so overall, on the trade deadline, not surprised. That's what they do every single year. So I, I just tell my game. friends, Gutekus is going to Gutekus, and you know we just got to move on. Yeah. 
Um, is It'll anyone? Is anyone? Do, do we need to say anything other than the Bills are going to beat the Jets? Like, is that fair for everyone? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm taking. Okay. Uh, then we'll move on. Um, Vikings and Commanders. Um, I the Vikings are good. The Vikings got better at the deadline. I hate to say it. Um, the Vikings are the best team in the division. The division is over. Uh, give me the Vikings over the Commanders. Upset pick of the week is the Commanders over the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go that far. I think it'll be a very close game. I'll stick with the Vikings to win that one. I just think there's going to be a little bit of emotion in Kirk Cousins to go out and come home to Washington and show out. And I think Washington's got that really good front that's going to put pressure on Cousins. Cousins is going to make mistakes. I just I think that that's a very real possibility on Sunday. I agree. Just, I just do. I think Cousins could cousin. Yeah, it's not a prime time game, so he'll be okay. Right, but you know what? At the end of the day, you like that? You like that? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, this next game is the game that we will ship it to London. London. Raiders and the Jags. Jags are like, wait a minute, hold on. We just got back from London. Why do we have to go back? We have to play again. Um, I like, I don't even like what is Devontae gonna have like zero catches for negative seven yards this week? Like, I mean, like what I don't think it can get any worse for the Raiders unless they then turn around. You get shut out. Listen, talk about a tough stretch for the Raiders. You gotta fly to New Orleans fly back home just to fly to Jacksonville the next week. That is brutal travel. You combine that with the fact that they've had a week to hear about how horrible they were. Give me the fighting Trevor Lawrence's. I'm going the Raiders. I think the Raiders win this football game. I think they bounce back. I think uh, Devontae Adams has a hundred yard game. Um, I, I don't think it's happening again. Uh, now, Adams did miss practice with an illness today. So, if he is unable to play on Sunday, uh, there's, I think, a really good chance Jacksonville wins this football. You know what his illness is? He misses daddy. Next. Ooh, okay. Uh, Jacksonville will win this game. Um, the Raiders are terrible. And I like where – actually, like how the Jags are – Progressing, I like that they have Travis Etienne just alone back now. Um, so I think they will win. I think they win pretty easily. Seattle and Arizona. Um, man, like the Seahawks are playing football, man. Like the the twelfth man just is like no Russ, no problem. We're still dangerous. Oh, that's kind of uh, well played yeah, there. Um, given the Seahawks going on the road into the desert. I'm taking Arizona. I like Arizona in this game. Uh, for the sake of my fantasy team, D-Hop, let's have a big game here today. Uh, we need you. Give me Arizona. Uh, I will take Seattle to uh, go into the desert, like Josh was saying. I think they have they have good firepower, and they've really been surprising. Their defense is a lot better than I thought it would have been. So, yeah, I will take uh, Seattle to win that game. The Desperation Bowl, the Rams and the Bucks. I 
Desperate times call for desperate measures. Not going to be enough for Tampa. Give me the Rams. Mm. Going into Tampa Bay. Man, this is a tough one because it's like you really don't know with these teams. You don't know who you're going to get. Cooper Cup is going to run wild like a Giselle away from Tampa. Oh, but he he's banged up. He is. Oh, that's bad too. That was bad. He's you know he's he's banged up. He's got an ankle injury. I'm taking Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay wins this football game. Man, Josh, after this week, we're gonna find out who who's gonna lead. We've gone the completely opposite way in the last four picks in a row. So big. This is called moving week right here. Uh, hey, I will take Tampa. I think that they they're very close to being good. Uh, they've had a couple rough rough patches, like you had that ball to Evans that should have been caught for a touchdown. Um, but I think Tampa's going to get it together, and I think they'll pull out that game. Tennessee at Kansas City. Cindy's Titans might lose by twenty. Yeah. I mean, Kansas City is going to roll. It's not going to be close. Yeah, I'm Kansas City as well. Uh, yeah, I'll take KC. I don't think it'll be close either. Moving on to our Monday night game here, the Ravens and the Saints in a game that, I mean, I'm not like I have a hard time betting against New Orleans in the dome. I mean, I just do. I mean, they shut down Vegas, but I think Lamar and the Ravens are at that pivot point. Give me the Ravens. Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens as well. Um, I, I think that Baltimore is in a better position right now um, than they were two weeks ago. Uh, that win at Thursday night, uh, on Thursday night at, in Tampa Bay, big win for them, big confidence boost for them. Uh, I, I like Baltimore to win. I like Baltimore to cover this game. Uh, I like Lamar Jackson, whatever his rushing yards is, I, I take the over. Um, I like Baltimore. Um, I like Baltimore as well. I like it a lot better if we know Mark Andrews is playing, uh, but I think they will win. Uh, the Saints just have are too banged up. I, I think still Michael Thomas is out. Um, so they pretty much have this Olave as their main receiver. So uh, I'll ride with the Ravens. And with that, folks. Well, we got our locks. My lock. Uh-oh. Everybody from the 313. Detroit Lions. Oh, my God, man. You are doubling down. The Packers are trapped. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to pick the Packers as my lock this week. Um, My lock of the week this week is the Philadelphia Eagles. Lock them in minus 14. Lock them in. I'm taking the biggest spread of the week. I'm hammering it. I'm telling you, lock it in 
Philly wins by 20. Ballsy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll take the Jags plus one and a half. The Raiders just have not impressed me. Uh, home game, it's on the uh, East Coast. Early start for LA there, or Las, uh, Las Vegas. So um, I will take the Jags plus one and a half. Lock that in. The Packers are trash. <laughs> John, they're not that I mean they're not that much trash. I mean, John, this is I, this is the kind of fan that you're like could it's you not, No, time out. Zip zip. My turn. John, if you're a fan of a football team that has been bad for what? 6 weeks out of the yeah. last 20 years, 10 years, can you sit here and be like, yeah, they're trash. They're it's trash. Not, it's not. Got to ride or die with your team. Am I right? You are. I, you, I have the talking nine. stick. That's fine. Talking. I'm taking it away. <laughs> like, I am a Packer fan. I still wear my game day shirt every Sunday. I'm still a Packer fan. Just because you can say your team is trash does not mean that you're not a fan. It means that you are honest with yourself and not putting on blinders that says that a team that whose current best wide receiver option, let's see. Well, I don't know. Christian Watson about died on Sunday. Uh, so is Romeo Dobbs. And then after that, uh, I guess it's our tight end. Robert Tunyon is our two bet. No, they're trash. Their defense, like I said earlier, our defensive coaches refuse to put Jair Alexander on the best wide receiver option for yep. the team. Yep. Instead, we're like, hey, no, you're just going to go play. And really, you have Rasul Douglas, who's having to play outside. It's just none of this is making sense. The Packers coaching staff, the Packers front office, they are a dumpster fire. They're trash. I'm not saying, like, oh, I hate the Packers. No, I don't hate the Packers. I want more than anything for the Packers to be good and to win. But they're not good. You can have Remember. your stupid little talking stick back over there, fourth grade. But, like, it's just – I'm tired of people being like, oh, well, you're not a true fan. Yes, I am a true fan. Not being a true fan would be like, I don't know, like jumping out and going and buying an Eagles shirt. Like, that would be what not being a true fan is. Being a true fan is saying, you know what? I love my team. It has my flaw. It has flaws. True love is not always blind to the faults of the other. True love is saying, I love you despite your faults. Not and I love them despite their laundry list of faults. Should we snap so, for that like poetry? I, I, I feel like. So, okay. I don't love my Packers. So if, Crack you know, it. obviously it's not, the season's not going how we want it to. Now, if we can go back, let's say, to the end of last season, we just lost to the 49ers. Do you bring Rodgers back? No. So you just the season would have been, I know you don't think how much it's going to be. I mean, maybe we have only two wins. Maybe we're better. Because within Jordan Love, we're playing more than the office I think that Matt LaFleur wants to play in. And they're having to cater to Aaron Rodgers still. So do they run the ball more, Jordan Love, maybe? Is it, and that's where they, we're stuck with him for another year if we want to keep Rodgers unless he retires. I think he comes back, he's getting paid $50 million. So I think he needs a buy-in back to the offense. What it was last year where it was MVP when they ran the ball a consistent amount. 
and we're able to get him open looks for passing. Um, I think he's totally lost what he was last year. I think he's trying to force a lot of stuff to guys that don't have that talent level yet. Um, but that being said, yes, I will always love the Packers, just like Christian will always love the Bears. But I thank God every single day that I am a Green Bay Packer fan. I don't care if we go 0-16, I'll ra- 0-17. I'd rather be a Packers fan than a Bears fan any day. Doesn't matter. I mean, is that fair? Like, I, I think that. I think we're being fair. Yeah. Like, we, we accept that we all have our faults. The Packers just a few more than we would like. I think that people also, that we've been so successful, are a consistent team since, what, 94 or 5 when, when Favre came in. It's kind of been a consistent thing, whereas the Bears have had a 1,000 quarterbacks, and they're, you know, half the time they suck, but now they see that they're like, hey, we have a path forward. We actually have a plan here, it looks like. And now they can see that we have a little maybe a cheek in the armor and are, you know, rattled. But that being said, be positive. And we, they still have a great team. They'll get it together. I expect them to win to the next this week coming up. And I think they'll get on a nice little roll. I'm going to be optimistic, and uh, that's all we can be. I'd rather be that than be a negative. I'm a Cubs fan, so internal optimist. <laughs> and I'm a White Sox fan and internal pest. Well, okay. So yeah, with that, yeah, with that, uh, we're going to put a bow on week nine for the podcast. Yep. Enjoy the football. Thanks again, John. Thanks, John. Absolutely. As always, Thanks, it is a pleasure Thank to have you, you on. And to always. everyone else, the Packers are trash. Bear down. <laughs>